0: been the last three uh, Wednesdays we've been dealing with restoring your soul in times of trauma, hurt and depression uh, and uh, we're going to take a look at uh, another individual uh, and most of y'all will know this individual um, Jezebel yeah how many of y'all heard of Jezebel before? How many of y'all would would, would name your child Jezebel Anybody there's not too many I- I'm sure there's probably somebody in the U.S. name that, but it ain't, it's, it's, it's not very many. It's not the type of person who you would, you would name your child after, okay? Now, maybe Mary, you know, the mother of Jesus, maybe Martha, you know, um, you know, maybe, um, uh, you know, whoever. Uh, but Jezebel just doesn't ring a, just, just doesn't sit well, right? So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to take a look at uh, her interaction with the prophet Elijah Uh, And we're going to talk about some things here and and I don't know if we'll get through all this tonight, but I want to I want to break this one open and share with you, because uh, I think when you look at this principle that that we we're going to deal with here, uh, the appetite for control over others, all of us to a certain degree like to control our situations. Right. Uh, And some more than others like to control people. Jezebel, one of those folks that like to control situations and people. But the abiding principle that we're going to focus on tonight is uh, if you insist on controlling those under your authority rather than serving them, you will sacrifice the joy of leadership on the altar of power. Look at that. Look at that again. Okay. look at that again. I want to let let that sink in. If you insist on controlling those under your authority rather than serving them, you will sacrifice the joy of leadership on the altar of power. And there are people, whether it's, uh, you know, all of us uh, are in situations situation where we have uh, we have relationships where, you know, we, we have some type of authority in most cases. Even you look at a husband wife relationship, uh, that marital relationship in that there's a tendency sometimes for one other the other to, to try to control their spouse. Uh, When in actuality, both should be serving each other. Right. Uh, uh, The Bible talks about submitting yourselves one to another. Uh, And so whether whether it's marriage, whether it's in a place of employment and God forbid, whether it's in the church. uh, Whenever you are in a position of authority or leadership, learning how to do it the way Jesus would do it is critically important for us. But I will tell you from the get-go that Jezebel did not have that type of mindset, okay? Uh, Andre Mauro said this, to command is to serve, nothing more and nothing less. To command is to serve. Leadership has always been, I mean, biblical God-ordained leadership has always been about serving and never about controlling. There are people who, when they get a little bit of authority it just, just totally just blows them up. They don't know how to handle it. And my desire as your pastor is, is, is that each one of us in here, in our own little circle of, of influence that we have, in our own little circle of authority, that we will learn how to exercise that authority in the way God would desire for us to exercise it. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? So, so that's what we're gonna look at, and that's what we're gonna kind of delve into. So, but before we get to our, our, our main scripture is in first Kings 21. But I want to I want to go back to the 16th chapter and kind of see how this got started. All right. And then I also want to look at some of Elijah Elijah's uh, uh, goings on some of the things that he did and, and sort of see how God was with this man. And yet, even while God was with this man, Jezebel struck fear in his heart. We're going to see that that Elijah had Elijah would w- speak a word and it wouldn't rain. Got that kind of authority and power from God. But when Jezebel got after him, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, when she got after him, he moved in fear. OK, and he started to have a little pity party, some, somewhat. Uh, but we'll take a look at that. And so it'll take us a little while to get there. But let's, let's go back to first King, the 16th chapter. In verse number 29, we'll start our reading there, okay? Um, and I, I gave you just a little background on, on Jezebel and her, her manipulative ways that she had. Uh, guys, don't, don't ever become a manipulator. Uh, that's not godly, all right? Look at First Kings chapter 16, verse number 29. The text says Ahab, son of Omri, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 22 years. Verse number 30, come on, says, But Ahab, son of Amri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, that's critical. He began to reign, but, but he, he, he did that which was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, look at what the text says. Even more than any of the kings before him. All right. So this, this dude uh, was doing stuff. That none of the other kings that that served and reigned before him even thought about doing. Next verse says this. uh, And as though it were not enough to follow the example of Jeroboam, who, who did pretty good, he married Jezebel, the daughter of King Ethbel of the Sidonians. And he began to bow down in worship of Baal. So now watch this. He was doing evil before he met this lady. And he met this lady and married her. And and again, remember, he is, is, is supposed to be leading God's people. All right. So he, he met this lady, and married her. And then when he married her, he began to follow after her false gods. Anytime in scripture, when you see God telling his people not to mix with certain people who don't have covenant with him, it was never. Everybody said never. It was never about their ethnicity. It was always about their their, their lack of uh, decorum and their lack of appreciation and their lack of covenant with God. God did not want his people connecting with folks who were going to lead them astray. And whether you believe this or not, if you know, when you connect with somebody in a covenant relationship, you fool around and marry the wrong person, it's going to impact your life. As a matter of fact, if you hang out with the wrong people, It will it will it will begin to affect you. All right. That's why the Bible says, don't be fooled. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Evil company will end up causing you to fade away from God. And so God always, when he dealt with his people, did not want them to join with nations who did not have a covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He didn't want them to join together with women uh, and want them his, his his Israelite men to marry women who 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 were who were uh pouring out the false gods. They knew that the power of the woman. Listen to me, brothers. A woman has a way of manipulating you. A woman has a way of getting next to you. I, I got a what you say, I got one amen back here because y'all don't want to hear this. This is true. Kingdoms have failed because of a woman. Men have lost their families, lost their their, their financial vitality uh, uh, because of a woman. Men have done some foolish and dastardly things Because of a woman. It's something about that woman. Are you listening to me? If you get hooked up with the wrong kind of woman, she'll have you doing things that you never thought you would do. So God, God, God would consistently you go back and check me out. Go back and look at the history of Israel. God would always tell them, "Don't you connect with those folks over there?" It wasn't that God was present. God knew the power of of, of influence, and He knew that they did not have covenant with God. They they served false gods, and if the Israelite men begin to marry them, it would influence them to begin to serve false God. Look, at, so 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 we see here, Ahab uh, married. Uh, this Jezebel and she, you know, the, the influence of Baal began to to overtake him. So it says, first Ahab built a temple and an altar for Baal in Samaria. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three says so then he set up an Asherah pole. He, and he research and find out what an Asherah pole is. You know what it is? It's it's actually uh, the male sex organ, a pole that's. Shaped like the male sex organ. Okay, so then he set up an Asherah pole. He did more. To, he did. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. Verse thirty-four. If we close this chapter out, it says it was during his reign that he, Hio, a man from Bethel, rebuilt Jericho. When he laid his foundation, it cost him the life of his oldest son, Abiram. And when he completed it and set up its gates, it cost him the life of his youngest son, Segub. This all happened according to the message from the Lord concerning Jericho, spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. Okay, so now watch this, watch this. Uh, Looking at Elijah now, okay, let's jump to this 17th chapter. Now watch this because Elijah is going to basically have a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Elijah basically is going to have a showdown with Ahab because of some of Ahab's wickedness. But you know what happens when Elijah the prophet has a showdown with Ahab, guess who shows up? Jezebel shows up and says, no, you ain't messing with my man. I'm going to kill you. I mean, that's that's the way I would say it, okay? The Bible doesn't say it exactly that way. But we'll see what's going on here. So, so watch, watch this because as we move up to this 21st chapter, I want you to understand that God had covenant, man with Elijah. God, Elijah was God's man. He was God's prophet. So look, watch this. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now, watch this now. Watch what the prophet, the man of God says. The man of God said, it ain't going to rain until I say so. Now watch this. He's saying this not under his authority, but he's saying it under the authority of God who told him to say it. See, when you're walking under God's authority, you can speak what God says, and, you, and, and, and when you speak what God saying, it's just like God saying it. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? See, as your pastor, guys, I, I do my best to get before God and to try to bring you a rhema word from him. And so when I'm speaking, I'm not God, but I'm just a vessel that God uses. But if I'm if I'm connected to God, when I say what God says, when I operate under the thought, his word is just like God talking to you. Now, I didn't say I'm God. Don't go away saying, oh, blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. I did not say I'm God. I'm saying that as your as your man of God, as your pastor, pastor, I represent God to you here on earth. All right. So so understand this. He says he says there'll be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Let's watch this. Keep moving. Then the Lord said to Elijah, watch this. Go to the east and hide by Cherith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Now, here we see God using animals uh, to bring food to the man of God. Now, again, what happens when it doesn't rain for a number of years? What happen- Drought occurs. So what happens when drought occurs? Crops cannot grow, right? So if crops cannot gr- grow, people can't eat food. Are you following me? So he declared, he says, it, it, it won't rain until I say so. All right. But he's speaking what God told him. Now Let's keep moving. The next, the next verse says, uh, go to the next verse. It says, OK, so Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Carethbrook, Brook east of the Jordan. Verse six says the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Now, watch this. God is feeding him miraculously. And 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 then. But but. After a while, the miraculous feeding stops. And again, uh, I don't, you know, God, God always has purpose in everything that He does. And I think sometimes God, God changes situations up with us so that we don't start to depend on the situation in, instead of depending on Him. See, he's the source of all of our supply. He's the one, amen, who puts bread on our table. He's the one who puts clothes on our back. He's the one, amen, who gives, amen, us air to breathe. And so, you know, that job that you're on, thank God for that job. But see, if that job goes away or or if you get laid off the plant closes. you can't wig out because God is your source. And I believe that sometimes... I believe that God, in his own uh, uh, way of wisdom, will sometimes take things away from us that we begin to depend on more than him. I think God will allow some things to happen in our lives sometimes to to get us back to focusing on him. Because it's easy to start to trust the source, amen, it's easy to start to trust the resource than the source. God is the source and he, he uses all kinds of resources. Don't ever trust the resource. Jobs come and go. People come and go. I I, I was doing this the other day. I I went back and I looked at the roster or the membership of this church. And I I went back about 10 or 15 years or so, uh, maybe even longer than that. And do you not know there's a bunch of folks who came and went now, some, you know, some came, you know, uh, and they went, you know, by transferring another church or they may have moved with the military. Some decided EBC was no longer the place for them. Some have died and gone on to be with the Lord. So people come and people go. One thing I've learned and, and guys, this is what gives me peace uh, about passing this church. This is, what gives me, this is what gave me peace when I left the bank to come here full time is that God is my source and not the people because people come and go. The very people who tell you I'm here to to help you, pastor, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hold up your hands. Those folk aren't even here anymore. So I can't depend on people. I depend on God. People are resources that God used to get his will done. But but I've learned how to trust God. Now, I know I'm, I'm not so naive enough to know that God don't use people to get the work done. But I don't trust the people. I trust God. He's the source, right? So look at the neighbor. Say neighbor you better learn to trust God. All right, all right, all right. So then the Lord said to Elijah, watch this. Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now watch watch what God does here. Now again, He went. God sent him to the brook, said I'm going to feed you. Then the brook dried up. Now somebody, about, I, I don't know about you, but maybe maybe if, if if I were in a situation, I'm like I'm walking with God. Man, this is miraculous. The ravens coming and feed me. I'm drinking from the brook and then the thing dries up. So now God said, okay, I'm going to send you over here. So he went to Zarephath, and Y'all know this story. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called her, bring me a bite of bread too. Watch this. But she says, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. Now, this widow is Sarah Now, God says, I've already commanded a widow there to sustain you. All right. But now she's, when he gets there, think about this now. When he gets there, because remember what's happening? He's out, who, who declared it wasn't going to rain? Elijah. He did that based on what God told him. So, so again, we got famine in the land. And when famine is in the land, what? Crops dry up. All right. So here this woman is, is, is saying, listen, I only got a little bit and we're going we're gonna to cook a little meal for my son. We're going to eat it. Then we're going to die. Well, Watch it. Watch it. Watch God. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what I what you what you said. But make a little bread for me first. Now, watch this. Make a little bread for me. What? I think there's a message in there. See, see, God wants what we have first. He wants the first fruits of all of our increase. Watch me now. He wants the first fruits of all of our increase. He don't want the leftovers. He wants the first fruit, that first dollar that you, the, the first dollar of your wages, your earnings or, or whatever you, you have coming in your hand. And I said increase because increase is not just wages. Increase is whatever you get in your hand that you didn't have last week. Everybody say increase. Say I owe God the first fruits. Of all my increase. You remember. What, I think it's in Proverbs says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. And so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your precious shall burst out with new wine. Guys, if you haven't, if you haven't learned and haven't trusted God to, to tie it faithfully, you don't know what you're missing. Because I, I've learned that God is faithful. People aren't faithful, but God is. And he knows how to make a way. So so I I want to encourage you to begin to support the work of ministry, begin to show that you trust God by honoring him with the first fruits of all that increase. Are you all with me? So so again, he he told her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. There's significance of that, because Elijah was God's man. God told Elijah to go to Zarephath. I got a widow who's going to sustain you there. All right. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Now watch it now again. She she fully expected to to eat and die. But how many of you know when you run to the man of God, a true man of God, he'll speak life into your situation. Amen. It may look like it's dead right now, but when you' are dealing with somebody who's following God, they'll speak life words that'll bring life. To your dead situation. Some of y'all's marriage may be dead. But speak a word from God and it'll bring life to it. Some of your finances may be dead. Speak a word from God and it'll bring life to your finances. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So for this for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Watch this. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. See, when you get a word from God, act on it. Now, guys, listen, this this lady, she only had a, a, a meager means. And she fully expected before she met the man of God to eat and die. But here we go. When God gives you a word. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what your situation has been. I don't care what the pattern has been. I don't care what your history is. If you will take God's word and stand on it. If you will take God's word and govern your actions by it God will be faithful to do exactly what he promised. Won't he do it? I need somebody to help me. Won't he do it? Has he made a way for you? Come on! I need somebody out there who can say, "Listen, Pastor, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was in a situation that it looked dark and didn't look like I was going to make it out, but God, Amen, came through just in time." I'm listen, man. This thing here is is, is on the inside of me because I know I've experienced it. I tried the man, and the man is all right. There was always enough flour. And olive oil left in the containers. Now, again, what I'm doing is I'm just trying to give you a a picture of how Elijah, the man of God, did some miraculous thing because he was trusting in God. Fed him miraculously by ravens. Now, the widow of Zarephath, there was always enough oil. Now, go to the next verse. Come on, let's read. It says, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse and finally he died. Now, watch this. Here's the woman that has sustained the man of God. Her son gets sick and he dies. Then she said to Elijah, watch this. Oh, man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying and laid the body on his bed. Now watch this. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, "O oh Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow? who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die. Now, this is interesting to me because, again, I I, I was always brought, I grew up where it said, in in a a situation where people said, you don't ask, don't don't question God. Now, now, now watch this, now watch this. I don't question God, and that's true, I don't question God, because questioning God, as y'all heard me say before, questioning God and asking God questions are two different things. All right? See, I can ask you a question, for clarification for something I don't understand. But I, if I'm questioning you, then what you say, I'm doubting what you say is true. There's a lot of things that happen in my life, I don't know about you, that, that as, since I've been walking with God, that sometimes I don't understand what's going on. And so I, I ask God questions. question. As a matter of fact, he invites me, he says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. If, if, what, does, what does it mean to reason? That means to kind of sit down and talk it out. There, there, there are some times, man, you, you might say, God. Now listen, Lord, you know you know the situation, Lord. You know I'm a tither giving offerings, and Lord, right now this, this thing is kind of tight. I, 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 I personally, God, I don't see how I'm gonna be able to take care of this stuff I got to take care of. But Lord, you told me to tithe. You told me to bring my tithes into the storehouse, and it's gonna be meeting my house and prove me. So, Lord, right now this is the time I, I need you to prove that you that you are who you say you are. So, Lord, Lord, I don't know how it's going to come. I'm not going to say up word about it, but, Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm not going to stop sowing because you told me to trust you. So, Lord, I need a breakthrough right now. So I, but I don't know how it's going to come because, Lord, to really don't, it, to me, God, it don't seem right that that person over there who do not even serve you, look, look like they just prospering. I, it don't seem right, God, but you know what? I, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to keep my eyes on your word. Oh, Lord, you know, I don't understand why this happened. So, Lord, can, can, uh, Lord I don't understand, but but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you still. But I, 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 it's okay. Can I ask you, God, can you just show me why? I mean, uh, and, 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 uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Sometimes I don't know why, and I, I don't get understanding until I look back on it after God has brought me through it. I didn't understand it why I was going through it, but when I look back on it, I told you. One person said, "We understand life looking backwards, and when you look back on it, you see the hand of God." Amen. When you couldn't, listen. When you couldn't trace him, you can trust him. When you don't see him moving, you still can trust him. Guys, every time I read this passage, man, I get excited because God, just like He did for Elijah, Elijah was man of like passages like you and I. He was not, not anything special more than you and I. So if God did this through Elijah, he can do it through you. I'm, I'm foolish enough to believe that, Lord. Uh, uh, if I just speak a word, that, that that it'll happen, Lord. If I if I just speak a word, Lord. And, and I, you, you know what? I pray quite a bit, especially I pray all the time. But I pray about the rain because listen, I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, if, if during the sermon hour, if it starts to rain real hard, it gets real loud in here, and so I pray. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, Lord, move that rain front on through before uh, 715 comes. Lord, before 1045 on Sunday, this front got to go through. All right? And, and and the Lord takes it on. I believe the front goes through because I spoke the word, amen? Now, the Lord also said you can do something to fix this too. And I man, I thank God that we're about at the end of this journey by, by doing what we're doing here. I, I thank God for you all helping support and sowing into the work of ministry for us to be able to do stuff that we're doing around here. But I, I, I believe God just because if Elijah can say, it ain't going to rain for three years or whatever, I believe that we can say the same thing. Some that's too, that's too heavy for some of y'all. It's too heavy, uh, but but God 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 will do what only He can do. When we learn how to trust Him, He'll provide. But but now remember, Elijah was speaking; he wasn't just making stuff up. Some of us just make stuff up. The Lord told me to uh, uh, to 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 go into this. Now listen, if usually the Lord is going to work within the confines of our giftings and our talents. I, I will, I will, I will tell you right now. Not, I'm not saying that I can't be 100, but I would. I'm almost 99% sure that the Lord ain't gonna tell me to go into the restaurant business. You know why? I can eat the food, but I don't cook it. All right, and 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 so so I, I'm almost 99% sure he ain't gonna tell me to start cooking for a living. That could happen. That's why I said I'm not 100%. But Maria shaking the head like, no, 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 no. No, you got to cook more than breakfast, and, you know, you know, toast and, and eggs. You can't sustain a restaurant on that. So so usually God will work within the confines of our giftings and the talents he already placed inside of us. Because he'll, he'll give us a supernatural, even a natural bent to do a certain thing. And so, so, but, so make sure that you, when you, when you're standing on something, make sure you're standing on the word of God and not what you want to do. All right? All right, I got to get to the end this. We we won't ever finish it if I don't keep going. But I I love Elijah. I I love to study this prophet, this man of God. Then Elijah cried to the Lord, "Oh Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me causing her son to die? But watch this. And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried unto the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. Look at the next verse. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Now watch what she says. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God. I guess she questioned him earlier. (laughs) You know, know, God was still providing, but sometimes God provides, we don't even recognize this God doing what he's doing. You know, know, Elijah told her, listen, if you just give me the first part, we're going to keep eating while the famine is going on. But the, but she said this, look at what she said. The, then the woman said, now I know for sure. Some of y'all may be questioning me, you may be questioning other folks, but when, when something like this happens, she says, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through what? He truly speaks through you. Now, watch this. Okay, all right, so let's move on. Next chapter. All right, so you, you see how God is moving and working with Elijah, right? Are you getting a taste of how God uses the man of God? And again, what I I want to emphasize to you is that this man is no, he's he's not any more special than you are. He's he's just a prophet of God who believed the word of God. Believed the word of God enough to speak the word of God. Even when it may have sounded silly and foolish, he did it. Now, are you willing to say what God tells you to say? Are you willing to speak truth into people's lives when God tells you to do so? Alright? Watch it. Watch this. Later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Now remember, who, who was King Ahab? Jezebel's husband. That's, <laughs> I like the way you, y'all you identified it. Anytime you're known as Jezebel's husband or you're known as, as such and such husband, that means that that person is more prominent than you are. So he, he's the king, but y'all just told me that's Jezebel's husband. So this woman has some very strong influence, right? So watch, later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Hab, the same, the same king who had done more evil than any of the other kings before him. That's, same, that's the same dude. He says, tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Watch this. So, how, uh, stop right there. Back up, back up. So, Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Who, worked, who, who, who Who stays in the palace? King does. Who was in charge of the palace? Who was Obadiah? A devoted follower of the Lord. What am I getting at? Sometimes, guys, God, not sometimes, oftentimes, God will have saved people in the midst of a wicked environment. All right? God will have a saved person. In the midst of a wicked environment, some of y'all trying to leave your place of employment, and God said, "I got you there because I need some. I need some light there. I need some salt there. Somebody need to get saved there. If you leave, ain't gonna be nobody there who loves the Lord. So stay there right now. I know you may want to leave right now, but you stay right where you are, and let me use you to to impact that environment that you that you're in. I know some of y'all been trying to leave, haven't you?" God said, anytime yet, I, I, I got some, I, I need to use you. I mean, I need you to evangelize in that place. I need your light there. Because, man, I'm telling you, some, some places need, all places need it, but there are some places that are worse off than others, okay? So Ahab summoned Obadiah. Obadiah was a devoted father of the Lord. Now, look at this verse 4. Watch it. Once King Jezebel had tried to kill all of the Lord's prophets. See how, see how evil this dude is? He... he, he Once he tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden hidden 100 of them in two caves. This is God's man in the palace. God's man working in the face of evil. God's man standing right there doing what God told him to do. The king was trying to kill the prophets of God and Ahab, Obadiah, hid them in the cave. All right. How many of y'all? would hide your pastor if the members were trying to kill me? Oh, okay, back up. That's a little too far-fetched. How many of y'all, when members are killing me with their mouth? Do you, as a member, say, wait a minute now, come on, that's my pastor. And if you got a problem, pastors always told us, come and talk to him. Why are you talking about him to they going and talking to him? Let that sink in for a second. See, some of y'all say, well, you know, ain't nobody trying to kill you, Pastor, but they kill killing Maybe they're killing me with their mouths. And you sitting there, huh? Soaking it all in. Mm, yeah, I, I know what you mean. You know, I understand. Sometimes I don't know what he's doing to either, child. Just. You may not know, but just, hey, listen. I, what I would tell you, like I told you on Sunday, uh, examine the fruit. Just examine the fruit. Hello? <laughs> A lives being changed. A marriage is being restored. Or people getting saved and getting baptized. Our situation is turning around. Amen? All right, so so next time somebody try to kill me with their mouth, what you going to do? And, you, and, and, and listen, listen, you don't be like those folks I told you uh, where that, that that preacher was going to the to, to the uh, waffle house, and that man said some choice words to them. And those 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 waitresses, uh, you know, said, you know, don't you mess with my and blank pastor. <laughs> but, no, they didn't go to his church. you i remember, remember I told you a story. And that that really blessed me because his life in interacting with those folks there outside of the church. What I want to get you to understand is. Your ministry starts outside the church. And, and, and whether it's at the Waffle House, whether it's at, at uh, uh, Imperial Cafe, whether it's at, at T-Bone Smokehouse, whatever it may be. Be a light wherever you go. And let your life, amen, let your light shine beyond the four walls of the church. Because, you know, come on now, it, it's, it's not really hard to, to, to act Jesus-y. Is that a word? To act like jesus that's not a word. I mean, I, I ain't, you, you can't make that a, a, an adjective, but but to act like Jesus here in church. But what I'm concerned about is what do you do when you're away from here? How do you respond and how do you interface with people who are not saved or people who are saved, but they're baby Christians or, or, or people who are not a, who are not growing their faith? How do you respond? How do you how do you represent Christ in those arenas? That's where our ministry begins. Watch, watch, it, watch. It. So so again, go, go, go to it says, go to the next verse. Watch it. So Obadiah uh, helped preserve and protect God's prophets. Ahab said to Obadiah, we must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. The famine was having an impact on them. So he divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Watch this. As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my Lord, Elijah? Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master Elijah's here. Watch Obadiah's response now. Oh, sir. (laughs) Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you? That you're sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab. Now, watch this. It's kind of, now, again, he was, he he ran the palace for Ahab. Now, Ahab had been looking for the prophets of God and wanted to kill him. Obadiah helped hide some of them. But watch what, watch Obadiah's mindset. This tripped me out when I first read this. Watch this. He says, he says, uh, what harm have I done to you that you're sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? So look, look, look at this thinking. For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. He's looking for Elijah. Because Elijah told him it ain't going to rain until I say so. Watch this now. You, you got to be a bad man of God to say that. You know, just, it ain't, I, don't, I don't care who you it ain't going to rain until I say so. Watch, watch this. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim because he's looking for Elijah. And now you say go and tell your master Elijah is here. Watch what he says. But as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. you walking with the Lord. The, Lord, the spirit of the Lord will just take you. But you send me back to this wicked king. Watch, it. Well, look, at, look, at, look at this mindset, guys. He says uh, the spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. When Ahab comes and cannot find you, he killed kill me. Yet I've been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid 100 of them in two cages, supplied them with food and water. Have you heard my story? Have you heard my testimony? Watch this now, guys. Look at this. Look at this next verse. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah's here. So if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me, but Elijah said, "I swear by the Lord Almighty." Now, here, now again, you got you to look at this—the man of God speaking. He, Obadiah recognized him to be who he was—the man of God, the prophet of God. I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. Because Obadiah didn't want to go say, "Here, you know, uh, uh, Ahab, uh, Elijah's here," and he go there, and he said, "The spirit of the Lord take him somewhere else," and he ain't there. Then the king will kill him because the king, when he went to these nations and, and looking for Elijah, he made them swear an oath that he wasn't there. Obadiah will say he's here. And then he go. Obadiah was afraid that when he came, that Elijah was going to be gone and it's going to be trouble for him. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. Here he is. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Watch this guy. Watch this. Now watch this. I made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers. That's what a man of God did. A man of God won't just sit there and let you tell a lie. A man of God will call you a lie out. You're the one that's causing trouble. Watch this. For you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel? What? Oh, oh, back up, back up. Supported by who? Jezebel. Watch this now. What's Jesse doing in here? She's a dominant, domineering, controlling figure. Do y'all know any people like that? Okay, just don't, don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything. He says, "Watch, look at this." He says, now summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Everybody said, show up up. for the showdown. All right. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. This is a man of God talking. All right. Said then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Now that's not really true there, but that's not the story right now, okay? Now, now, now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut into pieces and lay it on the wood of the altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. So why? Because what he's saying is, if, if Baal is, is, is true God, let, let, let him prove himself. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is, is a true God, and all the people agree. All right, so now we got, we got rules of engagement now, right? We've agreed that whoever set fire to this wood, that's, 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 that's the bad man, okay? Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. <laughs> Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood." Watch this. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning to noontime. shouting, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. Uh, About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. Men of God have humor, too. Watch this. You'll have to shout louder, he said. For surely he's a God. Perhaps he's daydreaming or he's is is re, relieving himself. You know, he may be going to the bathroom. And then, watch this, man. The man of God said he, he may be doing number two over there or something. I don't know. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep or needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. Wow, that's kind of intense, isn't it? they raved all afternoon to the time of evening sacrifice but still there was no sound no reply no response watch this then Elijah called to the people come over here they all crowded around him and and as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down watch this he took 12 stones one to represent each of the tribes of Israel there's significance there and he used the stones to build the altar in the name of the Lord then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about 3 gallons he piled wood on the altar cut the Cut the bull and pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. He's going to wet the whole thing up. Theirs was dry. He's going to wet it up, drench it. Watch this. So they did as he said. And after they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said. Watch this. And the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. As the usual time for offering even sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant. Prove that I've done all this at your command. Guys, listen, God will show up to show himself to be faithful in your life. We have to learn how to put him to the test. When I say put him to the test, in other words, amen, try God. Take him at his word. When he says so, so. When he says give, give. When he says go comfort, go comfort. When he says do whatever, go and do it. Watch this, guys. Answer me now so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Look at this. Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. Just for good measure. (laughs) And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one of them escape. So the people seized them all and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. for I hear a mighty rainstorm come, They ready to rain. Because I say it's going to rain. See, when the man of God is trusting God, you can declare something to be amen, and it'll be. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What situation in your life have you not been speaking into? What situation in your life have you been complaining about rather than speaking God's truth about that thing? That's the kind of man Elijah was. But yet and still, we're going to see he still has some some frailties. This man who did all this. When he faced Jezebel. Fear. entered his heart. Fear. entered his heart because that controlling spirit. Can be a powerful thing. And we'll pick up the next time. And see how Elijah interfaces with Jezebel. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.